Hi guys, this is Mitch, men's head coach at Oklahoma Christian University, and this is another episode of the Mass Football Podcast. Thank you for listening. Yo, welcome back to the Mass Football Podcast, the number one soccer podcast here in Oklahoma City. I am your host, Ricardo Yoa, and today I am here recording out of Oklahoma City, no, Oklahoma Christian Soccer. What do we call this place? Eagle Field? The Eagle Field here in Oklahoma Christian. No sponsors today, but I do have a very special guest with me today. I have the head coach of the men's soccer team. He has one year under his belt. Uh, the guy, Mitch. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, so I don't sorry, want to... Sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. All good. How are you today, my friend? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you for coming on. Um, the weather's crazy. Cold. Cold. Windy. Cold, cold Oklahoma. Windy. It's Oklahoma for you. For the people that don't know you, could you please introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about what you do? Yep, so obviously name's Mitch. Um, I'm the men's soccer coach here at Oklahoma Christian University. Um, actually two seasons in, about a year and a half in, um, so coming in my second year. Um, been in the city for the last four years. Originally I was on the other side, um, just outside the Tulsa area at Roger State University. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Nice, nice. Well first, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You, let's just start with... Uh Let's recap. Well, no, let's let's go back. You're yeah. from Newcastle, right? I'm from outside of Newcastle, um, but a lot of people haven't heard of it, so we sit in Newcastle to keep it keep it easy, mm-hmm. close to that, from the north of England, so close to that. Where where where, where, where is it? And what's it called? It's called Durham Durham area. Durham area. Yeah, so it's it's close to Newcastle. Um, it's a nice little city, but Newcastle's the big one that everyone's heard of, especially now they're doing well in the Premier League. Nice, uh, they are, aren't they? Yeah, a lot of people have heard about them now. It's like the Edmund to Oklahoma City, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 about that. Nice, nice. How do you feel about Newcastle doing what they're doing? Are you a Newcastle fan? Yeah, um, like it, enjoy it. I think they've um, they're spending well, they're spending smart, not just mm-hmm. throwing money everywhere. Um, obviously, there's a lot of conversation around where the money comes from, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know the ins and outs of that. I don't know enough research to really have an opinion or or a decision on that. So. Yeah, well, I mean, if it was that easy just to throw money at the problem, you know, a lot of teams would be successful, but. You know, uh, I think they are doing it right. Maybe Champions League next year? I'd be happy with Europa League. Champions League, I think, is going to be a push. Um, but, yeah, they're doing it right. They're investing in um, the youth game, building facilities. Um, they've invested heavily in the women's game as well um, out of there. So it's not just about the first team. It's about the entire product. So hopefully four or five years, you'll see a lot of benefits from that. Nice. Do you have any one-on-one personal experience with Newcastle, maybe going to some games, maybe trying out for the club. Yeah, I was never good enough to try out for the club. No. Um, but been to some games. A lot of friends are Newcastle supporters, season ticket holders. Um, so I've been to some games up there for sure. Nice. So tell me how football started for you. It's Why gr- football? It's a great question. Um, I think where I'm from, that's only really the sport that everyone plays. Um, so obviously got involved in that at a young age. Um, I had a, a relative who was a coach um, and coached our team, so got involved, um, played from a young age, about eight, nine, just started going for it. Um, played local team. Um, when I got to about 16, I went to um, Hartlepool on, in the academy, um, lasted maybe a year, got mm. released, uh, went and played men's football, um, and then 
decided coming to America was the best thing and changed my life. I'm glad I'm here. Nice. Like, what was that, you know, decision like? Because I always find it interesting how foreigners end up here. For you, how did that option come up? Um, I actually had a friend in the town who'd just come out um, kind of a year before. He was a really good player and he enjoyed his experience and kind of spoke about it. And I was at that point where I was looking either to go to university, um, finishing up um, schooling in England and kind of that next step um, and just felt like it was something different and worth a try. Um, and I think I was... When I came out, I still feel like it was relatively new for internationals to come mm. out. I think right now there's even more than there ever has been um, but especially from my area I'm from there wasn't a lot of guys coming out um, so kind of just took his experience and, and just went for it really yeah. everybody has that one friend who, who yeah. went came back told the story and made it enticing yeah and then you say now that there's more foreigners it's so easy now for people to share their clips and you know yeah. share their footage how was that process for you what did you send how were you trying to get recruited yeah so when I was playing, our games weren't really recorded, so I didn't have clips. Um, I went to a showcase, um, playing the showcase game. I think I did two weekends of the showcase, and that's where I got my clips from, um, and then put them together. Um, and I was with a company that, that had sent them out to some coaches, um, and that's how I got it. But yeah, like now I feel like a lot of clubs all around the world are recording from a younger age. Um, I think it's a part of the growth in the game is the technology piece. Um, so it's becoming easier for them to get out because they've got a lot more video. They've got full full game videos, clips. Um, so definitely the process is a little bit more easier now, but there's a lot more demand. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot more people trying to come out, trying to come across because obviously there's not many places in the world that do it like America do it in terms of study and play. Um, so starting to see a lot of people coming out. Yeah, it seems like everybody has a VO camera now, right? Yeah, VO's doing well. <laughs> they are doing well. I had a VO and I tried to rent it out to teams, but it, it just didn't work out. But man, that's also pretty expensive too. Yeah, VO yeah. need to sponsor the podcast. VO, please. I know they're out of Switzerland, but hey. <laughs> Come on, VO. <laughs> Holler at us. Um, so then, was it Roger State from first? first how did you, why Oklahoma? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I get asked a lot of times. Um I simply don't know. Um, I was I was close to committing Incarnate Word in Texas, um, way back when I was coming out, and then I remember Roger State coming in the process quite late, uh, making like a last bid attempt, I mm -hmm. guess, if you will. I don't know how else to word it. Um, and then <clears throat> just kind of liked what Coach Larkin was saying, um, liked the facilities. Um, obviously, the turf field there was pretty new. I think it was built a year before I was coming out maybe. Um, so brand new facilities, um, so just kind of went mm. for it. I, I knew nothing about Oklahoma. Um, now when I recruit, I'm making sure that we're telling guys about the city, the school, the area. I think I probably did the bare minimum in terms yeah. of research. <laughs> really? Um, and just thought, ah, that facility, the field, locker room looks good, that's me, I'm in. Yeah, soccer, um, that's it, let's go, yeah. let's go play some football. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world now. Obviously mm -hmm. great experience, um, so I wouldn't change it. Do you ever wonder what would have happened if you had gone the other way? Like, maybe you decided to go to Texas? Yeah, who knows? That's a crazy one or the other, and yeah. now you're here coaching OC. That's who crazy. knows? Could be back home by now. I could still be could be doing something else. So, At yeah. what point did you decide to make Oklahoma home? In terms of decide to stay? Mm -hmm. um, probably when I finished up at Roger State, I was assistant coach there, kind of got that job straight away. Um, met my wife um, at school, um, mm. so we got married and we just 
stayed, got fortunate that we moved from Rogers to Mid America Christian, um, mm-hmm. and then to OC. So, just always been here. Nice. That's a round of applause for that one. Yeah. What a love story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we, for Ro- Roger State, it sounds like you had a great. Well, what year was that when you came over? 2012. 2012. Wow. Yeah, How old are you? Years. Uh, 28. 28? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I'm 31. Oh, nice. But it goes to show that if you really dedicate yourself to something, like, results will come. Yeah. Agreed. Hard work. Mm-hmm. Still believe in that. Big believer of that. Are you? Yeah. Nice. For So then your Roger State, I was reading over it. It says that nobody had more minutes than you, except for the goalie, you yeah, know? Yeah. Sounds like your time at Roger State was really good for you. Yeah. How was that first taste of the Oklahoma football, Oklahoma weather, and then just starting it off at Roger State? Yeah, it was um, It was a great experience. I don't think I hold the record anymore. Um, I think the COVID year and the guys getting a fifth year. Fifth year, I think yeah. a couple of them have sneaked past me now. They get an asterisk next yeah, to that yeah. record. Um, um, it was, when I first came out, um, it was definitely different. Um, I think I definitely see I'd struggled at the start. Um, I was thrown straight in and then a few mistakes and left out and then back in, um, rightly so. Um, but I think the game was a lot different than what I was used to. Um, I think the pace of the game and the physicality, um, even though I was playing men's, was was just on another level that I wasn't ready for. Um, but figured it out pretty quick um especially in that freshman year with little ups and downs and then from there just kind of kicked on um weather was incredible i did not experience heat like it on a turf field <laughs> when you come in august or yeah in august jesus pre- i bet your preseason was the worst too that's what i hear yeah no i mean sunburn everything um we'd go on holidays back home to find weather similar to what mm-hmm. we experienced and it still wasn't that hot um mm-hmm. so that's uh, that's always a big challenge for internationals is mm-hmm. is that weather in the in the August time preseason it was on a turf field as well it was that's burning isn't it you literally have to pour water on your yeah. shoes because it's it's uncomfortable I'll always remember one of the guys um, Matt Levinson you know Matt Levinson yeah 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 um, I do shout sure, out to Matt out yeah, of UConn yeah I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was him um, him and a guy called Wellen um, brought a frying pan out with an egg and left it on the field during one of our practices to see no see if it cooked yeah and it sizzled away yeah nice i'm curious to see if they ate it or not i afterwards. don't remember i just remember them bringing it out i'm like what are you guys doing some so, oklahoma stuff yeah. right there huh yeah <laughs> and then you did all four years there yeah i did all four years um it was a challenging four years um <clears throat> our team we had were dedicated but we were going from my first year was NAI year and we transitioned division two mm-hmm. um when you transition we weren't allowed to compete um to go to national tournament mm-hmm. um so it was meant to be two years and then it ended up being three years so we never actually got to compete for wow. our last three years um but all of our guys stick together and we just kind of enjoyed it and played so i think that takes a, a different kind of mentality mm-hmm. uh, looking back on it now i mean when you're in the moment you don't really think about it, you're just playing um but when I look back at it as a coach and trying to compete for tournaments and, and push on, like not being able to play for that was, was a big miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, it sounds like it didn't slow you guys down at all. You guys just stayed with it. Yeah, we just carried on. I think our senior class was like 14 seniors wow. or something. So big senior class stuck together. Nice. And then at what point did you just say, I guess I'll start coaching? Or had that always been something in the back of your mind? Yeah, I think my junior year, um, I started to realize that playing just probably wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't, 
I knew I didn't have it what it took to go pro. Um, I knew that straight away. Um, just the dedication and professionalism um, of an athlete just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't good enough. Um, and then junior, I got into some coaching just as a volunteer. Just started off helping out um, at a local club. Um, senior, did a little bit more serious. Started really coaching. Um, and that was when I kind of felt like I really enjoy this um, to a point where I think I might have enjoyed it more than playing. Mm. Um, so I was like, this is what, this is what I want to do. So that's when it all started. Isn't that kind of crazy when you come to the realization that you might actually like coaching more than playing? Because as a player, I don't think, well, maybe it does happen to some, but coaching doesn't really necessarily cross your mind <laughs> Yeah. when you're just in it 100%. Yeah. Why is coaching, like what, what about coaching is it better than, than playing it actually? I you? think it's just the aspect of cliche, but getting to affect more lives and help mm. change and help people kind of achieve what they want to achieve and watch the growth of people and I think that's a big part of why um, and then obviously getting to compete at the highest level still while you do it um, I think there's a lot to be said for that as well but watching when I was doing it back then watching um, high schoolers go from high school and get college offers mm. and go to college and it was always like they just want to play college and it's a dream um, so little things like that and watching guys now from here in MacU or even Roger State when I was there um, trying to go pro tryouts or they're in the business world and they're killing it or what they do. I think mm-hmm. it's just a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that I think that's definitely it. You hit the nail on its head. It's more of the impact that you make because I've said this before, coaches are just right under being a parent. You know, a good coach can really change a yeah. person's life in so many ways, as well as a bad coach does. But um, but yeah, that's that's huge. And it's good that you were able to find your calling because, man, some people struggle with that. Like, yeah. now you have something hope that you're... Hope it's a calling. You hope so? Yeah. No, you seem to be like you're on the right track. You've been telling me how you're getting your A license. So when did you start this whole licensing process too? Because I guess once you start that, you're... I mean, you wanted to be a coach, but now you're taking it to another level. Yeah, so the licensing process started um, probably right in my senior year mm-hmm. with the very first one, um, and then just continued continued throughout. I think I think the licenses at times get a hard rap, um, and I, I think they're really beneficial. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot from mm-hmm. every license I've been on, um, whether it's materials in the course other coaches speaking instructors sharing experiences i think there's a lot to be said for that um just about growing and learning and continuing that yeah it's kind of like what they say if you think you know everything you don't know anything at all yeah so you always have to i guess be hungry for the knowledge how different is the a to the b because last i spoke to you you were leaving out of state you have a meeting after this so I only have, I think, my entry, my E and D, and that was just a weekend thing. Mm-hmm. But this seems more like a serious course. Like it's, yeah. they're not just giving it to you now, right? Yeah, I know the B. I mean, the B is a lot of work as well. Um, and there's meetings that you go to, and then I think the A is um, more work, a lot of work, a lot of meetings, a lot of hours poured into it um, over a longer period of time. Um, so I mean, we have to do three in-person meetings and. Then we're on Zoom pretty much every Tuesday, Thursday. Really? Yeah, um, for anywhere from an hour, an hour and a half. Um, so it's a it's a journey, it's a process. Yeah. Um, but now you've made it public. Hopefully, we pass it at the end. Oh Jesus Christ! Was you were you not supposed to let people know? <laughs> no, no, you get you get. Oh, okay. Well, I apologize for that. We can cut it out too afterwards if you, if no, you really you want to. Um, but what do you guys talk about? 
Like, are you guys just sitting around the campfire talking about how parents are hitting up <laughs> athletic directors and whatnot? Uh, no, no. Um, it's, it's very structured. It goes through a lot of stages throughout. Um, so, I mean, we talk about... We've started talking about kind of why we coach, um, what our philosophy is, what our mm. game model is. Um, we are talking now about how to lead the player, how to develop a player, how to lead teams, how to develop teams. Um, we've talked a lot already about data analysis and how to analyze performances oh. um, with having every piece of technology available or having no technology available. So. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot we talk about. Um, they get a lot of guest speakers on. Mm. Um, that talk about. Um, we have a guy talking to us now about leadership, mm. um, how to lead, and different types of leadership. Mm. So, yeah, it's a it's a lot of information. I feel like it's breaking down the game in every single minute fashion. Like you said, whether the cost, the equipment, the data, the leadership, the how players take certain things, the changing of philosophy for the U.S. men's national program, whether, you know, the different focuses. So that's that's interesting. It must be fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. There's a there's a lot, like you said, it breaks down every aspect. Mm. And then obviously when we're in the in-person meetings, we're working on our coaching training sessions, team talks, halftime talks, pre-game planning, so mm. periodization, like you name it, they cover it all. Wow, and then you bring this back here to OC yeah and probably to your assistant coaches too mm -hmm. which are probably just all soaking it in yeah. soaking it in soaking it in that's interesting wow and then after you get this do you have to continue with a probably once you know another study afterwards or do they continue or is it just something that you're done with like once you get your A your work is done here's your A yeah we don't so need you to do anything the, the once you're done with the A then you're done if you pass it obviously certificate done um the next step after that is an A pro, but you gotta be in a pro environment to do that. Mm. Um, but for me personally, I think I'll start, if if I pass this one, <laughs> um, start looking maybe at some of the UEFAs um, and kind of going back back across seas and mm -hmm. get a different methodology and a different way of coaching, mm. try and see what, see what they offer and what it looks like from their point of view. Because you have another license, not just this one, right? You have, is it a, a different license out of England or to coaching or? Yeah, but it was just like a very basic oh, one. Okay, okay. Uh, when I was right before I came to America, um, it was like the level one, so super, hmm. super basic. I was like, just get this before you go. It's good to have it on your resume and get out there. Yeah. Because I have heard that, I mean, certain places might be a little bit more easier to get than the process that they have here in the U.S. Like I spoke to someone who had started theirs in Mexico and he's explaining yeah, it's two, three thing and it's all the way up to pro level. Yeah. So I guess it's just different everywhere else. Yeah, it's different. And I think it it changes every year. Mm. Um, so my experience on, on the air right now is different to someone two years ago and it'll mm. be different to someone in two years time. Um, just part of the evolution of the game and what they believe coaches should be learning and doing. So. Um, yeah, I think some countries require less work. Some countries um, are more on the field or more in the classroom. Mm. Um, I think it just depends on timing that you're in there, um, what country you're at and how they see the game. Mm. Mm. Nice. Let's switch gears. Mm -hmm. You were the assistant at Rogers. Yep. For how long? Three years. Three years? Uh, yeah, I believe it was three years. And then how did you end up at Mackey? Um, so that was when Dresel and Bice uh, mm -hmm. was splitting the program, um, and I think Bice was moving out, um, and Dresel wanted to hit women's program. Um, kind of fortunate, um, people there 
knew me, people knew um, my head coach, um, so kind of heard about the job, um, put in an application, some people spoke some good words and obviously shout out to Marcus for taking a chance on first time head coach that was pretty young at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, How old are you? I was 26, I think, when Yikes. I took that job. Um, so, I mean, that's shout out to him for mm-hmm. not many people. I don't think would do that. Um, but yeah, um, obviously, Evan was involved in that as well. Um, so, just kind of fell in place, fortunately. Nice. 26. Is this your first head coaching or job, or did you do any head coaching just there at Rogers? I know you were the assistant, but. No, this was my first one. First I was just one? the assistant. Yeah. How was that showing up? Because I know. I always find it interesting when a coach comes into a new environment, new team, new culture. Like, yeah, how do you, how do you shake the waters up and start to make it your own? Like, especially at MacU being such a small, intimate uh, community. Uh, how how did you start your process there? Yeah, I think uh, the process started with kind of just shaping the culture and kind of how we saw the culture and and what we envisioned for the program and where we wanted to be. Um, obviously, when I started, brought Frid on as well. So Frid was with us, um, James Robertson was with us. So we had a really good staff that all envisioned the same thing. Mm. Um, so I think coming in and doing that, obviously when I was at Roger State with Coach Larkin, um, he allowed me to do a lot at that program and learn a lot. Um, wasn't a head coach that said, don't do this, can't do that, it's all me. Um, he basically let me get my hands in everything. So mm. I think he helped prepare me for that um, going in, but I think definitely that first first few meetings and first week of preseason, uh, we knew we were going to be really important. The kind of standards, cultures, values, what we believe in, what mm-hmm. we want to do, what it's going to look like. This is what it takes to get where we want to be. So mm. I think that was important. How did you get Danny Frid on? Or did you know Danny before? <laughs> so I did a coaching course with Danny probably. Th- two or three years prior to that in Owasso, Oklahoma. I think it was like the D license, which was super, super rare. Um, and then when I accepted the job, um, he just reached out. Um, I think it might be been Instagram or Facebook and was like, hey, um, love to chat about possibly coming and getting involved. Um, obviously, when you take a new job, you have a lot of people that mm-hmm. want to get involved. Um, but I just met with him a few times. Um, obviously, we didn't have close relationship um we just knew each other from kind of the course um and i kind of like that um mm-hmm. just with it being a new, a new time job um i don't want to take someone who was who you knew like a of. friend friend mm-hmm. yeah um and i trusted him um so i think that was a big part for us um so yeah hmm. it's interesting you say that because i'm reading a book now that's talking about uh talking to strangers mm-hmm. and how you know sometimes it's a little bit more fun to talk to a stranger than someone you, who yeah. you know um, and just all the aspects about that, and it's funny how that 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 that's how you ended up getting Danny on, and now what you guys ended up doing, and now what you're doing, what he's doing, um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty good awesome. times. Did you get a lot of people reaching out to you? Like, is that normal when you get a head coach job? Do you have a lot of people reach out to you as an assistant? I didn't know that's how it went. Maybe I, I guess it's different in every situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you had somebody in mind, you would have, but. I find yeah. that pretty interesting. I had, um, I think I just had a lot of guys that I played college with and mm. um, a lot of people I knew in the coaching just kind of reach out, hey, if you're looking for an assistant, let me know. Mm. Or, hey, I know someone who might be a good fit. Um, I think that 
happens a lot because I think there's, I mean, that assistant job at Matthews is a, is a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, it's right next to the city as well. So mm-hmm. um, I think naturally a lot of people wanted to be involved in that. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Well, it sounds like you picked a good staff because you guys ended up killing it. Worked out well. How your first season? How was that? Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we we were unfortunate not to get in the national tournament in that first year. I think we were 15-3-1 at the end of the season. Um, got knocked out in the semi-final of conference tournament. Um, didn't get in that large bid strength of schedule, uh, which we took it on the chin, that's fair. Um, but we fortunate to go to the... Um, National Christian Tournament, which was out in Kissimmee, Florida. Florida. It's yeah. always a fun trip. Everybody aims for at least... We don't... I mean, Florida. Florida, Florida. But let's have a good year. And if we can put the Florida cherry yeah. on top of it at the end. Well, what, a, what a trip. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... And obviously, when we got to Florida, I think uh, we we probably found our best form, to mm. be honest. We, we peaked at a good time and we went on. I think we won four or five straight um, and won the tournament in the first year. So... Nice. It was kind of good because we, we thought we should have been in the national tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice that we could at least stand up and say, well, mm. we've gone out on a win or not. Being a person that leads all these people and then getting played like the first season, these cards, did you try to find ways to use those situations that you're in to kind of motivate your players to lead them? Like you say, hey, like you said, we took it in the chin. But I bet you guys didn't just take it in the chin. You guys used it to continue going forward and end up winning it which is a huge feat mm-hmm. huge feat yeah um yeah for sure and i think obviously the first year at macu we had a really good team i was fortunate enough um and the staff where we walked into good players and a good team right that's not always the case um but yeah it was a constant battle of when we got beat we almost felt like it was a good thing um because we were winning a lot of games but when when you lose um you can kind of use that to to rebuild and go okay well we got yeah we got to kind of prove ourselves but yeah when we found out we weren't in the national tournament yeah we definitely used that mm. that was definitely fuel like we gave it the they don't think we're good enough they don't rate us that type of stuff which mm-hmm. I think everyone would do in that situation mm-hmm. um, and I think it added a bit of fuel to the guys and they wanted to prove a point um, and and I think they definitely definitely proved the point nice let me make sure this camera's recording one sec I forgot I had cookies <laughs> yeah get yourself a cookie. <laughs> You don't want one? No. <laughs> They're all yours. Mm. I'm sorry. Good cookies. What was different about year two then? Uh, we, we had a stronger non-conference schedule. Uh, we made sure about that. Um, scheduled stronger opponents. Um, so we knew we were in that position again that that couldn't be held against us. I think that was number one important like i remember we we went to central methodist and played them when they were the number one team in the nation um but i mean we we had another good year um we were super successful um made national tournament got knocked out in the in the final 10 um so i i think we carried on using that uh kind of they didn't think we were good enough mentality um because we we knew we had a good year but we didn't want the guys to think we were better than what we were we wanted them to think that we were still hunting and chasing people down um so we kind of used that and yeah we ended up i think we won the conference final on penalties tournament final on penalties i think that yeah at 
Uh, Mackie, yeah. Oh, I think I might have been there recording it. Was it was so windy. It was a cold day. Yeah, I remember it was windy. I remember we had like an airframe that flew onto the field at the halfway line. It was incredible. But we windy. still had people outside shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> cheering for yeah. cheering for the win. Mackie oh. support is different. It was a great win and the celebration was even greater afterwards. Yeah. But I find it interesting how you said you had to keep your players hungry after having such a great season because you know, normally people would say, oh, it's a great season. Can they do it again? Mm-hmm. Then you guys did it again. Yeah. And then after the second year, I was like, well, can they do it again? Yeah. And they did it again. And it's kind of been the same thing all the way up to now. Yeah. Since Danny's last year. Like, what? Like, and it's just interesting because you're such a young coach dealing with people that are probably two, three, four years younger than you. So where do you get, do you have a mentor? Where do you get advice? Or are you just... You know, just figuring it out as you fly. Yeah, I've got. Um, I've obviously got people that I speak to a lot. Obviously, Coach Larkin, my old coach, I speak to him a lot. He's still at Roger State. He's been in the game for years now. He started the program at Roger State before that. Um, really? He's doing college, yeah. So, um, and then um, I taught a guy called Scott Parkinson a lot. Mm. A really good friend of mine. Um, he's obviously in the pro women's game now. Um, so I kind of got them guys that I speak to a lot and ask them to bounce ideas off. Um, and then the rest of it is is on the fly, learning from experiences of, okay, this is what we did last year, this is what it looked like, this was good, bad, so reflecting on that, um, and then trying to improve myself um, with the courses, um, reading books, the stuff you've been talking about. Um, so it's kind of what we try and do. Mm. What is your philosophy then? I know it's a hard one. It's kind of like a loaded question. Yeah. Um, so on the course I'm on now, actually, it's, it's one of the questions of what is your philosophy. And I think I've never, never really had to write it down or really think about it. I think there's there's a style that I like to play. Um, and I think I, I the one thing I want to do is I want to try and create an exciting environment mm. um, at the college sports. I want people to enjoy and want to come back. I always say if there's someone in the stands who doesn't support either team, I want to hope that they leave going, that was fun, that was exciting, like, let's go back. So like to try and be on the front foot, like try and score goals, um, kind of possession-orientated. We want to build, we want to move the ball. We have a lot of interchange and a lot of movement. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm still working on what exactly my philosophy will be and kind of what it sounds like. Mm. Um, and that's obviously something that, They'll keep tweaking and changing over the years, but of course. getting that down on paper is tough. It's almost like having to write down an identity. Yeah. Like what you look forward to. But I like what you're saying. Make it attractive. Make it attacking. Let's keep the ball and let's just play some good football. Yeah. Are there any teams that you watch that you're just like, that's the type of philosophy that I want to emulate? Whether it's a high pressing Liverpool or a possession. <laughs> game like a Barca or just like a you know a counter-attacking Real Madrid or what yeah. kind of thing do you like <clears throat> I think I prefer more of the possession style mm-hmm. um, more of the like the Barca the Man City's the way they play and build and move um, obviously they're on a different level with mm-hmm. different players so it's hard to do that I think I wanted to be super high pressing and aggressive um, but now the league we're in doesn't allow for that as much because mm-hmm. um, the league's a lot quicker and faster and transitional. Um, so that's slightly tweaked a little bit, um, being a little bit more cautious and picking moments. But I'd say overall, I enjoy watching the teams that want to have the ball with a purpose mm. and want to build and play. Um, 
like the Barca teams back in the day under Pep were just amazing, weren't they? Yeah, different, different. different. Um, and obviously, he's he's a good manager. I mean, Brighton now. If mm-hmm. you've watched Brighton play recently, yes. they're playing some good, good football. What a goal that one kid scored against yeah. Liverpool that day! Yeah, man, so. I was watching it with my wife, and it's always funny when I watch sports with my wife because they, she doesn't understand the subtleties that. I appreciate in the game. Yeah. Little passes, the flicks, the that goal when I saw that I was just like, wow. And I had to slow it down for her and be like, no, no, the reason this is great is because he flicked it. He fake shot it, flicked it, and then still finished it on the same touch. Yeah. Had some guy looking like he was twerking on the side. <laughs> like he and she's just like, Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, it's just But yeah, that that <clears throat> left me in awe. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. That's a good style of play. I like I was going to lead this into if you have any battles with other coaches that you've played against and use the example of Pep and Arteta yesterday and how those clashes of styles um, happen against the on the field. Because obviously, I don't know if you watched the game or not. Did, where, did you get to watch the game? I did not see the game. I saw the score line. So yeah, it was I, it was a game. It was. I heard it, Arsenal might have been better. They were. Yeah. They were, that. you know, but, you know, mistakes will cost you. Yeah. And they had one mistake and that kind of just... It's all about momentum and the tide and a three one might it might look like a three one, but no, they had them pressing all the way, even on the goal kicks. And yeah. it worked. It worked. But the one guy that surprised me very much was a Bernardo Silva. He's yes. good. He started playing as a left back. Yeah. <laughs> There's a clip where he says, What position are you playing? He says, I'm a, an attacking defender. <laughs> he's good. he's yeah. He's a magician. Pep, Pep's got him moving everywhere and he, he's he's so good. Him and Gondwan. Yeah. A little bit, little bit undervalued, underrated, mm-hmm. um, but Bernardo Silva is the mainstay. Yeah, he is the mainstay. But like, do you have you had any battles like that with coaches? Like someone that you're just like ah, someone that you might look forward to playing against, whether it might be like a Hampton or yeah. something like that. I think um, obviously when I was at MacU, uh, we enjoyed we enjoyed playing USAO. We enjoyed playing. Um, SCU and OCU just because the inner city kind mm. of rivalry games. What's up with that SCU rivalry in MacU? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. I hope it stays forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's needed. I think it's good. I think it brings out more fans. And um, I see now that when they play each other, there's even a lot of the SCU brought a load of people down to MacU, which I mm. thought was cool. Um, so I think we enjoyed them just because they were close proximity games. Um, I think it's always nice being able to beat teams um, that are in the city so you can kind of mm-hmm. feel like hey we're the team in the city um, obviously we lost a couple of them um, and then uh, we tied a couple of them as well but they were the ones we really enjoyed playing just because of how close they were and how fun it was and big crowds you see them in the conference and then you could even see them on the way to Florida yeah. too so it's it's a game that you might play three or four times in a season yeah, for sure nice yeah that's that's was always one that would just stick out but usao i mean i think that one's on everyone's list too just because of how good they were they were dominant program Mm -hmm. yeah and then how'd you end up at oc um so how did i end up at oc um obviously the coach here moved in uh, administration role um so open spot um and again i think it was just through kind of known people um I think we'd been successful at MacU in two years um, and kind of put the program as a, as a nationally known program. Um, so felt like a 
maybe a new challenge. Um, also, he's actually closer to my house as well. Yeah, that's uh, always a plus. Which was a nice thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, Neil Hilton, who just got uh, Mac U head mm -hmm. job. Shout Congratulations out to, to him. Congrats. He um, was playing here when yeah. I was at Mac U. Yeah. He's a really good friend of uh, another English guy, that Webster, Andrew Webster. Yeah. Yeah, who they're trying to get back here so he can start yeah. coming and coaching. That'd so be fun. He, um, he obviously was <clears throat> a big help in mm -hmm. here um i think he said some nice things about me hopefully <laughs> um and then yeah just came up and interviewed um and i guess the interview went well mm. um, and now we're here now we're those, doing it is the, are those processes always kind of kind of weird because there's probably so many people applying that you probably kind of just show up and say i'm just what the heck you know yeah. let's just get this get this interview in i think it's just showing up and saying this is who i am Hmm. This is what I can offer. If that fits what you're looking for, great. If not, no hard feelings. Hmm. Um, obviously, everyone's got areas that they're probably stronger at and, and weaker at, and you just I think you can't be can't be someone you're not. Um, hmm. You just got to tell them what you think you can do, and then try and and perform and back it up and and do the things you say. Hmm. Being a coach is kind of weird because it's very much a result based occupation you mm -hmm. know you're if you're not a good coach if you're not getting the w's it's kind of hard for you to get more and more jobs so you kind of have to be stoic in a sense you know just take it day by day game by game practice yeah. by practice but your first year was great yeah you guys you sw totally switched the program from what was it here at oc yeah well my first year wasn't great oh was that okay so my first year in here we were I think we ended one eleven and three. Really? Um, and I think at Macu, I think we'd lost. Wow, well, I think we'd lost four or five games in, in two, two years. years. And then went and lost eleven in a year. Um, and then this year, um, we were eleven five and five. So we did turn it around this year. Um, but man, I'll tell you that that first year here was probably the most I've ever learned in coaching. Hmm. Um, and looking back on it now is probably good for me and definitely I would never change that year again um, I think going from all the success to then no success at all um, I think was definitely needed hmm. what did you learn how to keep motivating teams when you're losing um, what what defeat really looks like in a consistent basis um, so just all them lessons humility um, you know, just well, everything. A lot of sleepless nights. Yeah, especially yeah. when you lose. And we were really competitive. Um, like we were close. It's in not like you were getting blown out. Yeah, Every game was no, we, close. We like we played in the conference. We played Midwestern State and West Texas twice, who were both top fifteen, I think, at the time. And we got beat two one two one three two um, mm. in two overtimes. Um, we played Roger State, who were seventeen in the nation when we played them and tied them one one. Um, I think we went like six or seven overtimes that year. So Jesus. super competitive. And I think that was more of the frustrating part is like we were competitive and the, we felt like the ball just wouldn't fall for us. Um, but yeah, we, we still lost. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, and it, probably what was just frustrating is that it's always just, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. But what was different this year than it was last year? Um, I think culture plays a big part on it. Um, I think trying to obviously change the mindset from the, the loser mindset of where it's okay to lose because we're used to losing into it's not okay, we have to win and winning's, winning's going to help us. Um, 
I think that was important. Um, we brought in a lot of new players, um, so so recruitment helped us. Um, that was natural due to seniors, COVID players um, that were kind of moving on out. Um, so I think that helped us bring in a lot of new mindsets that, that hadn't had that experience and mm. we could kind of shape. Um, and I think we started the year strong, build momentum. The, the ball fell for us a little more. I think we, in our first year, we we still played the style that we wanted to play to try and give the guys on the team that were coming back that this is what it looked like. Um, looking back on it, we, we could have easily sat in and been super defensive mm -hmm. and try to play for draws and win 1-0. Um, but I don't think mean, that would have been fair to the guys of this is what it's going to look like. Um, so I think having that, having the spring season to keep working on it, um, I think all of that just helped us get to, to mm -hmm. where we were this fall. Yeah, a lot of good results. Yeah. nationally ranked for a little bit yeah we were nationally ranked i think the highest we got was 16th um we bounced in and out um i think that in the division two era was the first time we've been nationally ranked mm -hmm. um and then we obviously made it to conference final i think it's the first time been the conference tournament mm. um made it to the final um unfortunately got beat in the final um but more motivation for next year. Yeah, honestly. What yeah. division are they playing in? Um, so we play in the Lone Star, um, Lone which is Star. predominantly a Texas conference. Mm -hmm. um, all Texas schools, apart from us, um, in eastern New Mexico. This is different from the SNU yes, conference area, but which, it's still D2, yeah, correct? Which is wild. Why? So, um, I don't know. It's kind of crazy, because you guys are just down the street. Yeah, I know so that they have to, you know... I, I, they struggle finding teams to play to fill that schedule. Yeah. For so them. like SNU, like 15, 20 minutes away. Mm -hmm. Roger State's like an hour and 45 away. Newman's like two hours away. Um, they all play in the same conference, which is a different conference to us. Um, and we play in the Lone Star. I mean, Roger State used to play in our conference and moved out. Um, SNU was, was never in this conference. Um, so it's just the way schools join conferences mm. and what the school values and, and what they do and um, just kind of how it shapes over time. Mm. Um, I enjoy our conference though. It's very tough from top to bottom. Um, like every team can beat anyone on any day. I think we like one of the only conferences to have like three or four teams nationally ranked in mm -hmm. a week. Um, so it's it's a it's a tough conference. Sounds like it's where you want to be. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy the the competition every week um enjoy the people we're playing against um enjoy the facilities so it's been a good journey so far mm. you brought up recruiting recruiting is so important what does the recruiting process look like for you or do you have you probably have help but yeah um yeah i think recruitment's 90 percent of how good you're gonna be mm. all right i mean if you've got better players you've got a better chance of winning mm -hmm. um but recruiting is long it's a lot of hours talking to players um it's a lot of no's and then some yeses and it's a lot of us telling kids no as well right um there's a lot of people that wants to be involved um and you only have a certain amount of spots and on them spots you, you got to recruit specific positions um recruit players that you feel like fit your system um so it's it's a lot of work it's a lot of speaking to companies that might have guys and okay what level have they played what you know about them then speaking to the guys and finding out their level getting to know them more um, I think our culture here that we have right now and even where we had at MacU is very strong uh, very close um, so making sure we get good people is probably our priority 
um, I, I say you can you can get a really good soccer player, but if they don't want to work, if they don't want to go to class, if they mm-hmm. don't want to be professional, if they don't want to be humble, if they want to be coached, I'd rather take a player that's maybe not as good because I know we can get that player to that level. Mm. So how, that's important for us. How early is that scouting process? Like, are you talking about maybe sophomores in high school, juniors? Seniors. So for us at our level, uh, we wait till senior. Mm. That's when we start doing it. Um, I mean, there's guys that are sophomore juniors, like in this local area that we know about already. Um, that we know are good that we keep an eye on and keep watching. But we don't we don't get serious with the guys we need until that um, until probably their senior, just because we get so much change in our roster um, with players that graduate or players that want to move on or players that don't want to play anymore um anything can happen right so we wait a little bit later and on the women's side the women recruit super early but the men's side the the guys from sophomore to senior physically could change so much much. Mm -hmm. like so much more at stake um so we have guys that we we know about that we watch we'll speak to coaches about but we we get serious with them in the senior Hmm. dang didn't even think about that must be tough Especially, I was going to say, having college-age players is such a funny age. But then recruiting-wise, they're in high school. That's an even funnier age, too. Yeah. Because all the stuff they're doing. And we've got, I mean, last year on our team, I think we had like two or three 25-year-olds and 26-year-olds. So yeah. um, the college game is it's a lot of men in it mm, as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've got guys that have red shirt a year and they're playing the senior and they're 23 24 so that high school player coming out yeah. physicality super important skin and bones yeah. for some of these <laughs> for yes. new freshmen so. i think about myself when i came skin and bones that and was me my freshman year just as well. getting humbled out here by some grown men yeah. that just probably played pro but the old naias are different yeah. now you know <laughs> yeah. that's how it is now but that's that's the truth that's the truth and it's mm. All that comes with that, you know, being yeah. a freshman, all those learning experiences. But you went through all that, and mm-hmm. you came from abroad, too. Yeah. So you probably bring a little bit of a different spice than somebody who hasn't gone through that process. All those, you know, foreign players, like, how are those conversations like when you're bringing somebody from, let's say, Newcastle or something like that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's more difficult because you can't get them on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get them at a camp to spend a day, two days with them and really get to know them and see their mm-hmm. ins and outs. Um, so a lot of it's spent speaking to them, uh, reference checks, mm-hmm. speaking to a coach, um, speaking to guys, sending them out, um, trying to watch game video on them, full video, um, the highlights, um, but still nothing will replace getting to be with a player for, for two here. days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always say it's, it's always, it's always a gamble. Um, you just hope that you've done enough to kind of know what you're getting um which i think is important but you, you'll you can never quite know um with when a national's coming in because you don't unless you fly out there physically to watch them in their home environment um which we we can't do right now mm-hmm. um so it's 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 a little bit more tough mm. i don't know how you guys do it <laughs> you know just hearing how the scouting goes and then it's a full-time job during season as well, but mm-hmm. it does not stop off-season either. And then there's the yeah. spring too. Yeah. So how do you balance this all? What's your work-life balance look like? My wife will say not good. Yeah. My wife will say more work um, balanced. Um, 
something I need to work on probably and be mm-hmm. better at is the balance. But it's hard because you're speaking with guys on different time zones. Mm. Um, so their time zone that they can talk to you, maybe your night time zone uh, when you're at home with the family. Um, so I think it's just a lot of organizing, planning, communicating. This is what I have. This is what I have to do at this time. Um, and when you find that that hour or two, you can get away, trying to get away, um, trying to be present when you're present. Um, but yeah, probably probably need to do a better job on the balance. Yeah, I hear you. I'm definitely right there with you because that's another job at home. It's not a job, but it deserves just about as much as attention, if not more, yeah. <laughs> than, than your job. Yeah. You said you're, you're three-year-old. It's a boy or girl, right? Boy. Boy. Is he kicking a ball yet? Yeah, he he, uh, he comes to all of our club soccer that we nice. do, um, and he, he's around everyone. Um, I'm not... I'm not pushing him into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously like mini tots and stuff he can do. Uh, we had him at Soccer City. Um, Is this on the super team? I heard there's a super team of coaches. No, that's not my kid. <laughs> that's not yeah, your no, kid. That's not my kid. Um, but there is there is a team that, that I think there's like three or four coaches and all. Have, I think it's a was girls it team. Danny's and yeah. Adam's kid, think, kid was on yeah. there. And I think, what was it? Kel's kid Kel's as well? kid's on it. Yeah, I think so. Um, no, that's not my kid. Uh, we put him in. That's funny though. We put him in... Uh, like I think it's called like grasshoppers, that mini kickers at Soccer City, but mm, we tried that as well. Yeah, just attention span. Sheesh. Man, it's how how are you? Hmm. I took my kid to that, and I was trying to explain to my wife how hard it was trying not to be critical of what I was watching out there, yeah. and I would just sit there and say, "They've been sitting down too long. <laughs> they only have one kid doing the drill, and there's five other kids here, and it's just how do you try not to be a sideline coach?" into that beginning process yeah i think um i mean i i don't i don't know if i'm if i've seen kind of what you're speaking about yet Mm because i was was and i was spending my time just keeping my kid inside the facility Mm -hmm. and keeping him inside but i watch it and i just think back to past experiences (laughs) and just kind of like yeah we've all been there we've Mm -hmm. all been a part of it and I think the job of a coach is i think it's actually harder than people give it Mm -hmm. credit for especially um for coaches who were coaching the younger kids like the 16s and 17s and the mini kickers like that is that's hard that's tough we take our kid to daycare and i leave there and i'm like wow them teachers are just incredible like yeah they are i struggle with one kid and they've got like 18 10 10 per, 10 per teacher 20 in the class i'm like wow how did he do it yeah no i it's, it's it takes a special breed but i don't know uh it's just I guess it's just part of it, part yeah. of it, part of it, part of it. Are you, have, is he kicking a ball now, like in an, any organized uh, thing or is just No, not right now. Thing? My wife wants to put him in, into like a little mini, mini tot environment, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm against it right now. Why? I just, he's too young. He's too young? Yeah, they don't, I think just too young and obviously they, they try to get them to play like a little game and he doesn't, he can't doesn't understand the like, concept of yeah it. and he'll just pick the ball up yeah like just pick it up and mm-hmm. i think that'll frustrate me more i'm like okay yeah, yeah yeah um but i think maybe mm. maybe after christmas might be a good age um but i mean he's, he definitely if there's a field and a ball he'll just run around with the ball at his feet mm-hmm. um not in like <laughs> direction i normally doing, but the ball will be there and he'll run around and mm-hmm. he's exposed to it a lot i mean our life is all soccer oriented so He's involved in it all the time mm-hmm. and sees it, so I'll, I think that'll have an impact. Mm. It should. 
I ask because my son is five, and he's at the point now where I'm just like, hey, practice is on Saturday, and he goes, no, <laughs> like he just doesn't need, he just doesn't want to. Yeah. And we just finished a course here, and now the question is, are we going to try to get him to go play again? Yeah. Are we going to sign him up to the Y? And my wife says, well, he doesn't really look like he's into it. And I said, yeah, he doesn't. And I'm very much so that if he doesn't want to, let's not force him. Yeah. Let's go get him to play baseball. Let's go get him to try basketball. Let's go get him to try something. But yeah, yeah it's kind of a little heart-wrenching not to. No, but no. It's, it's time. He's a five-year-old. Yeah. He's a three-year-old, you know. Yeah, they're so young. Um, I think friends friends can shape and impact what sports you play mm. um, as they start getting a little bit older. Um, I think that's important. But, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry at five if he's not into it yet. Um, right, but I hear you. If, if my if my son's like, oh, no, I'll be like, ah, heartbreaking. All right, I yeah. guess. Yeah, no, I I I think my daughter might. She's three. She's she's the she's the tough one. But we'll see. Well, you know, if I get blessed, I'm I've blessed already. So if I get another soccer player, that'd be yeah, the cherry on top. Yeah, the cherry on top. For sure. What goals do you have for this season for OC? Um, so in the fall, uh, we make sure this is recording. Yeah. That's what happens when you play soccer forever and then you're just done. Don't stop. Don't play. Uh, yeah, That's the you. worst. You start realizing that my body was a lot more worse off than it really was. I hear you. It's hard to get back as well. Are you playing? No. Are you going to? Probably not. No. No, you're done. You're hung up the boots ready. I don't really have time. Um, just with college and clubs. So it's I hate family. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I hate playing and playing terribly. Yeah. Like when I go play Sunday League, um, if they want me to play, that's a commitment. I'm not just going to go out there and be terrible because I would hate to be uh, be the reason why we lose. Uh, no, I can't. So it's it's a whole process. It takes six weeks to get in form and then I get hurt and then, yeah, yeah it's not. And then when you see someone like run past you or do something and you're like, oh can't even keep up anymore no now you're playing against kids six eight years younger than you i remember when i used to play sunday league and i my dad played sunday league Mm -hmm. and that's how i started playing i would go to his practices until i was old enough to kick a ball and then i was old enough to hang around with him and then i started playing with him on the pitch and yeah playing against a bunch of grown men that's that's basically where my love grew from it but yeah no Mm mm-mm I hear you. That's done. I had a pick. It's uh, soccer or podcast. When I started doing the podcast, hey, I want to do the podcast. My wife was like, yeah. what, what are you going to drop? Because you're gone four hours on a Sunday. Yeah. The Sunday league. And I said, ah, you're right, huh? But I think I pick, I think I made the right choice. Yeah. I I, I mean, <laughs> I like the podcast stuff. I'd say you made the right choice. Yeah. It's it's coming along. It's yeah. coming along. Goals for this year? Yeah. Um, simple. Uh, we expect to be in the national tournament. Mm. Um, that's, that's where we feel we should be. Um, that's what we've got our eyes set on. Um, so that's what we want to make happen. I think it's part of our four-year plan at OC that we had as a staff. Um, and we're, we're on track to it. So obviously a lot goes into making that happen. Um, but that's, that's our target. That's our realistic goal for the year. The ball has to roll your way, doesn't it? Yeah, and you've got to do a lot to get the ball rolling your way. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it starts right now in the spring. Um, that I think getting guys to understand that's super important because the spring can be not feel as important, um, but it definitely is important. One might say it's more important than the fall. Yeah. It's how you set up their spring determines what you do in the fall. Yeah. And I speak from experience because I was the terrible off-season, yeah. and that starts with the terrible on-season, and that just rolls into everything yeah it reminds me a lot of the players that you used to have at MacU that i've had on 
like the Rodrigos and mm -hmm. the Mason and all those guys. Prime example of people that just work off off the field, off the field. Yeah, they get it. They're hardworking guys through the summer as well, mm. um, and obviously that makes a it makes a huge difference if you if your team can come in at a high level. You can move through the process of preseason quicker, and you can get to more detailed stuff. Um, so when when a team understands that um, and buys into that, and that's why I think having a group of guys that are older that have been through it in the years and seen it, and then they're telling you guys this is kind of where you have to be coming in. Like we need you to be here. I think that's super super important and helpful. Hmm. What do you do on your time off? What's the one thing that's not soccer related that you do to get your mind off of soccer? Was it I watch anime, just read some books? I think if you ask anyone, they'll tell you it's only soccer. Only soccer? Only soccer. Is it healthy? Is that healthy? Or, I mean, it has to be, right? You don't know. I mean, I always say there's nothing that I know more than yeah. soccer. I think uh, the guys around here, uh, Drezel and them, they'll, they make fun of me at times because holidays, days off, It's I'm still talking about soccer or mm -hmm. on about something for the school or the program and they like, just have a day off. Um, so is it healthy? I don't know. Um, we can call it your superpower. Yeah, wow, I don't know. It's probably not healthy, right? You probably mm -hmm. need time uh, to just kind of get away from it. But I think I'm still at an age where I don't, I don't know if I have to do that right mm -hmm. now. Um, and I enjoy it so much and I love it. Um, and I think if you've, if you've got the passion and you still enjoy it, then why not? It's not a job, is it? No, not for me. Nice. No, I, a job. I love that. Yeah. What advice do you have for players that are trying to be a coach? Someone that inspires to maybe possibly be a college coach. Like, what would you tell yourself that day that you started as an assistant coach at Rogers State? If if it interests you, just try and get involved somewhere, um, just to kind of feel it and see what you think about it. Um, in a volunteer role, so it's not a a hundred percent commitment. Um, a volunteer role where it can kind of go here and there as long as you communicate with whoever you're helping out um, to try and do it I'd say go on one of the courses one of the early courses to kind of get an idea of what it's like and if you enjoy it um, I think I started quite early but I going back I would have started even earlier mm -hmm. and just got involved um, but I think that's the bit I don't think you truly know until you just get involved and have a go mm -hmm. um, but obviously the commitment aspect of it can scare people at times um so i think just going in a volunteer role where that commitment's a little bit easier um as long as it's communicated it can be helpful mm. i will say though when i started coaching um and kind of got into it a little bit more serious i think it completely changes how you see the game mm. and i felt like i was becoming a better player because of it and i felt like i would have been a better player um and I know a couple of people I've I've spoke to on coaching courses have said um, that when they did a coaching course, they felt like when they went back to their environment, they were a better player. Because mm. um, you you start you have to look at the game. Yeah, you kind of different. Plug yourself out of your yeah. just you mentality and have to look at it as a form of the eleven. Yeah. So you you start to see a lot more different aspects in different areas of the field and mm. understand it from different players' views. So I think that. Uh, can be helpful in that regard hmm. just to go through it and then help you in, in your game a little bit as well mm. another thing that i picked up which would be good advice for everyone is to always be good be a good person because those connections that you make yeah. I, everywhere that you've gone all i've heard was 
this person this person spoke about me this person and then it's just really just the connections if you go out there just being a, a crappy person no one's gonna stick out for you you just have to yeah. be good i think that's a thousand percent accurate like who you are as a person and a good human will get you much further in life than whatever you think you know um mm -hmm. and i think one reason i love oklahoma is everyone's really friendly and everyone's kind of everyone will help each other if you are a good person mm -hmm. um and I, I feel like there's places in the world where people are only out for themselves um but i do feel like a lot of people here are out for each other um provided mm -hmm. you are a good human being um which obviously is important we need more good human beings in the world i meant to that you spoke about the community soccer community here in oklahoma city it's big but it's small yeah. isn't it it's kind of like everyone yeah. knows everyone and if not someone you know has bumped into that person yeah like what what are your thoughts about that coming from where the community in england is just astronomical compared to this year yeah it's uh it, you hit the nail on the head it, if it is big and it's grown um but someone will know someone that knows you or have heard about you like it's just it's small in that regard like everybody knows of everyone um, or it's pretty easy to find out about people, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I think that's a cool part of it is how connected it is. Um, but it's always it's always shown when there's a job open or at a club or a high school and everyone's like, oh, who is it? And everyone knows straight away. There's there's no secrets. Like mm -hmm. you can't keep anything. Um, so you got to just be very open and honest. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a cool part. It is super interconnected and it is a super tight community. Um, but man, it's grown. It is mm -hmm. grown for sure. Where are you doing your club coaching at? Edmund Soccer Club, ESC. ESC. Okay. Yeah, I am uh, co-director with Mark Howard for the academy up there. Nice, nice. So, and I, I know ESC filters them to OEFC after yeah. a certain age, so that means you're only handling younger yeah. kids? Yeah. Um, so obviously it's the U6s to U10s, I think that is. Mm. I get so confused by the U's because mm -hmm. now it's like birth years, so mm -hmm. we've got... We got 2006 <laughs> and it keeps moving up yeah. so like i'm a 91 you're probably like a 93 94 dealing with like 16 now 17 16 is the youngest we have um we have 17s on the team and the oldest we have is uh 2013 girls i coach the 13 mm -hmm. girls um and then yep once they're done with us um esc and nokc filter into oefc mm -hmm. and then they all become one competitive branch um which i think is brilliant yeah because it's cool. It, I mean, we see the fruits from that already. So yeah, but there's nothing that makes you feel more older than just using the use like uh, the years. Yeah. Because I remember when they started going from '99 to 0 to 01. Yeah. I was just like, "What's going on yeah. here?" But now we're about to hit the 20s, so I'm just like, "Jesus." Yeah, the 20s. That's Let's gonna slow be. Down. That's gonna be another big shock when we hit the 20s. The 21, 22, 23. Yeah. Jesus. I enjoy. I really, really enjoy oh. the um, younger side. The youth kids. I love it. Um, just because they don't care if they win, they don't care if they lose. Parents care, mm. like the parents care. They care way more than the kids, don't they? The kids, yeah. I tell my parents all the time, but um, like going from a college environment where it mm. is more win oriented to the youth environment where it's like, all right, like, I just value my job as can I make this group love the game as much as I love the game? Mm. Like, what can we do to make that? Because, right, like, everyone wants to win and lose but at the end of the day in about four or five years if they're still playing then then something's gone right um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so i think that's a part 
it's a part that I really enjoy. Um, mm. And the development and they're like they're like sponges. Like they learn so much, um, and they can do way more than you think they can um, if you just pour a bit of time into them. Mm. I think that's the perfect yin to this yang. Yeah. How you do this and how you know results and how this is just competitive cutthroat to over here where it's a lot of development a lot of passion a lot of empathy and patience and yeah. just kind of it's it's more of a pure or yeah i don't know if pure is the right word because they're totally different things but it is the same yeah i think that might be where your break's coming from just totally switching it from yeah. this to that because i can see where coaching kids at that age is just awesome yeah i did fun. a stint at an elementary school one time dealing with fifth sixth graders and that's it's so different because there's such a wide range you got the kids that are just now playing and you got the kids that are just ridiculously talented for the age that they're in <laughs> and ridiculously yeah. passionate so there's just so much going on and even just lining them up on the field that's like i would line up my elementary schools based on the personalities that they had <laughs> not the skills well you're really good so i'm gonna put you on the wings you're a little bulldog, so you'll be the center defensive yeah. mid, you know what I mean? Because you, you might be this tall, but you, you're not afraid to get stuck in. Yeah. Like, there's just things that you can't teach kids that they, yeah. they come and do. I was playing soccer at a family event, and uh, uncle of a distant relative brought a kid, and he was this big, like six years old, slide tackling me, doing all kinds of things. And I said, does this kid play? He goes, no, he's never played. And I was like, well, sign him up because good. there's just things that you see in these young kids that you're just like, yeah. if you water that plant right there, yeah. it'll grow into something yeah. big. Have you seen anything like that with some kids that are just like, this guy right here? Yeah, so I um, I actually coached the 2013 girls. Um, I got two groups and they're very talented, mm. to be honest. Like, we're more talented than I think I ever was at that age. Wow. Um, um, the they've got good futures ahead of them um if if they just stick with it and keep enjoying it um but yeah there's yeah they're good mm. they're good to be honest yeah. mm. i'm blessed to have a really really good groups in that regard as well mm. nice is there anything you would change about the college game yeah i would extend it over more time um but like obviously i wouldn't play two games in a week Mm -hmm. um, I try and play one on the weekend. Um, I think that would give more time in classrooms, less travel, less missing classes. Less um, injuries. Less injuries, more time on the field to develop players, um, to actually help them at the next level. But mm. also understand that America is so vast. Um, weather is a huge factor in it. Um, playing in seasons where it's playable. Um, obviously, if you getting your January and February, you need a lot of indoor 11v11 facilities. Mm -hmm. um, and also understand that other sports are really big as well. Um, so they try to almost, I feel, I feel like they try to prioritize each sport as best they can. Um, but if we're speaking strictly in terms of soccer and the best for the development, then yeah, I think one game a week on the weekend, um, whereas you're not missing your Wednesday, Thursday classes if you're traveling mm -hmm. or whatever that looks like. Um, less injuries like you said um, maybe a longer season more games that type of stuff um, but you know what it's uh, there's nothing like it the way the system is set up it's super enjoyable mm. like when you're in it and it's just going and it's game and game the and thick it, of it yeah you just love it yeah. um, I know when Covid hit uh, we did a little bit of like 
played. We tried to play one game on the weekend because our season uh, got shortened, less travel. Um, and I remember going through that season, and I had the opposite feeling. I was like, oh, man, this is like slow. It's mm-hmm. like so much practice. Um, so it was funny to go through that experience. But I think what's best for the players would be just the one game a week mm-hmm. and a structured week and that type of stuff. It's an interesting conversation because there's many pros and cons on both sides of it. Yeah. You know, I've heard people say, well, if the season's too long, it's a huge commitment for some of these student athletes. You know, some players only come in during the soccer se- semester and then, you know, go yeah. to community college offseason. So it's just, it's, I guess there's pros and cons to it all yeah. isn't there but i just feel like it doesn't prepare them enough for the next stage for those that do want to take that next leap i feel like that's just the big where the door just gets shut on yeah. a lot of players just yeah. because of it yeah no i think that's the the biggest part of it is right is you're you're out here and, and your three months is congested whereas other players in the world might be doing a year-round season so mm-hmm. they're getting more practice more games better structure um so i think that does I mean, I don't know, I'm guessing it hinders it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would hinder it. Um, and then obviously in your spring season, you, you've got like restricted hours you can do and your games mm-hmm. you can play. You can only play five in the spring um, for that athlete portion of it. Um, but I feel like there's there's ways to work around that. But yeah, um, you'll never make everyone happy. No. Someone's going to be all yeah. for it. Someone's going to be completely against it. Um, I can see both sides of it. Um, I, I think I can... I have an opinion on what I feel would be best for players, um, but what's best for players and what's realistically able to work mm. um, is two different things. I think like Division One are thinking about playing their national tournament um, and conference tournaments in the springtime and extending mm. it out that way. Um, I'm not 100% on what that looks like. Uh, mm. I mean, if they go just tournaments in the spring, well, and a team that picks up form right at the end and hits a stride could be hindered by that, whereas a team that's dropped off could be helped by that so again there's just so many variables and mm-hmm. who knows can't make everybody happy huh just be happy with, with doing where you it are, every right? day. yeah that's true yeah. that's true for i'm just totally going to switch topics here because yeah. we said about making people happy and some people aren't or not for the next world cup there's going to be more teams right yeah how do you feel about that or are you just like a traditionalist let's just leave it 32 every four years because it was what was tried what they tried to pass was more teams every two years yeah um i think i think i'm more of a traditionalist i'm kind of torn um i like the fact that more teams get to experience it and countries get to have that enjoyment of a world cup and rep and their country representing them and on a main stage um so i, I like that aspect of it but i'm also in the camp of you're good enough to be in you're good enough to be in mm-hmm. um, like that's just that's just how it is but some countries don't have the luxuries that other countries do have um so i, I think i'm torn between it if i had to pick i would go traditional and keep it how it is i would too if i had to pick um if you're good enough to get in you're good enough to get in if you're not good enough to get in figure out a way to be good enough to get in start investing in the infrastructure start investing like if that's a goal of your country's then work hard to try and make it a reality. Mm. It's kind of, if I had to pick one. But I feel like that's what you tell your players sometimes. If we're yeah. good enough to win, we're good enough to win. If we're not, yeah. we're not. That's basically yeah. what we got to do. And if we're not, let's figure out why we're not and what we can do to be better and what we have to change. Um, I think there's a value to that. I feel like there's a lot more 
It's a lot more participation trophies getting handed out everywhere. Okay, I'm changing topics again. You ever find yourself talking to your son like a coach? Like, hey, you got to lose sometimes to learn. You got you to gotta yeah. experience it. I'm not going to help you get up because in life you're going to fall down. And it's not about how many times you fall. It's about how many times you get up, son. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think I've... Uh, I think I've been guilty of that and doing it, and then uh, and then he, he's just massively thrown a fit, and I've just given him, but like, yeah, you, you're still too young. I don't think he's at an age where he can regulate emotions properly yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he can communicate really well, but like, to fully understand, because um, we'll race all the time, he loves racing, mm-hmm. but if I go ahead of him, he'll just sit on the floor and cry. Yeah. And I've, I've been guilty of like, come on, like, yeah, 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 you yeah. can't just cry because you're not winning, but then, a minute of cry, a minute of crying. I'm like, I'm like, he's got no idea what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. I'm just picking him up. I'm like, you're winning again, yeah. <laughs> just wait until he turns five and starts talking back to you. I had something go on. My son did something, and I'm very much like, hey, if something happens to you, it's your fault. It's not my fault. It's not. It's always your fault. No matter yeah. what, you can change it somehow. And something happened to him, and I can hear him in the backseat like, Papa, I did this, and it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. And I was like, yeah, I, I get it. It's your fault, but like, how can you change it? Yeah. But he's very much like. Yeah, that's my fault. It's just funny. Just, but uh, I do find myself talking to him. Like, I guess that must have been a question for myself when I asked yeah. you that. Because I do find him just like, no, man, you got you made a commitment to go to soccer practice, so now you got to go. Yeah, I feel like that will be that will be me as he gets starts to get older. Uh-huh. I think there's value in that though. There is. I think um, the value in sports. Yeah, there's there's a huge there's more of a value in sports than than people I think give credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, like I hope my kid wants to be involved in a team or a sports team or some type of team to have that aspect of the ups and downs. Um, the aspect of losing. Losing. The aspect of wanting to be good at something and just having to really dedicate hours yeah. to it because it's in life. That's all you have. It's you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's just so many, so many lessons in sports um, that it can teach you. Um, I mean, I tell my my parents or the girls I coach so. It's nothing new, but I tell them all the time, stop worrying about if we win or lose. Like, worry about how your kid, can your kid come and talk to me as a coach and ask mm-hmm. questions? Can your kid talk to teammates? And can your kid, if we're getting beat, help somebody else? Like, that's, I'm like, that's what you need to be looking for right now. Like, that's why you're here. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're going to play, if your kid stays in soccer till college, you're going to play thousands of soccer games. Like, this age right now is mm-hmm. not important if we win or lose. It's nice to win and we want to win because um, I think we still want to teach like winning is a good thing um, but at the end of the day as parents like I'm telling them all the time like there's so much more there's so much more to it hmm. those are different conversations than the ones you're having with these college kids huh <laughs> so different yeah. right that's what I'm saying it's so, just so yin and yang yeah it's, it's a complete change and mentality shift and yeah so then you come here and you're just like you guys gotta figure it out yeah like it's all about winning like yeah. you know if, you're, if we're not winning you're not playing like yeah. That's why I think it's, that's probably serving you well, you know, just totally switching your brain up like that because, poof, yeah, it's crazy competitive, isn't it? It's so competitive. Cutthroat. You only get to pick 11 players, roster of 23, dealing with these men and their emotions. And to some people, they just came from high school. They were top notch and then to get rehumbled here. And some players are dealing with injuries, trying to come back. And so much to it in college classes social life trying Mm. to fit in um away from home for the first time and like you said best player at high school not the best player now because we've got all the best high school players for example um guys from different cultures 
they're going to talk to you a different way because that's how they've been talked to. Um, there's just so much, so much a college player has to go through. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Watching them go through that process and start figuring it out and start understanding it and like, yeah. And I think that's why all athletes are, are good in life after because mm. getting that balance right and understanding what it takes and how to prioritize, dedicate time and work through problems is important. Unless you start playing and then don't know what to fill that void with. Yeah. That's, that's the challenge. That's the challenge yeah. right there because soccer, think about it. Test has been your whole life and then you get done with college and organized sports is just out the window yeah no more yeah. obligation to show up to practice no more having to worry about wearing the right shirt now it's just <laughs> sunday league go out there with what you have and it's uh a lot of people miss it yeah did you ever miss it or nah you just filled that void with this one so fast that you yeah. didn't even think about it yeah i mean i still miss playing i still wish like, I mean, I've dabbled in some Sunday league and played for a couple of bits, but like you said, it's it's totally different when you're out there now and you can't move and people are just running all around you. Um, but like in the back of my mind, I'm always like, ah, I'd love to keep playing. And But it's just a distant thought, really, because I enjoy coaching so much. Um, I mean, when you're a coach, especially at like this, this competitiveness, you still get them ups and downs of of the team winning and losing and competing for tournaments and national tournaments. Um, so you still get that like competitive kick. So I think that obviously keeps mm -hmm. fueling the fire and keeps pushing along. Um, and I've been fortunate enough that I've never, I've never not experienced that. So I wouldn't know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, if I think about it, I'd have no idea what that would look like. It's a void. Yeah, I'd, I'd be lost. Here's what it is. You go out to play Sunday League and realize that the passion is just not there. Yeah. You know, the the goal that you had at the end, of, of course you want to be the champ at Sunday League, you want the bragging rights, but you're not, you don't have that hunger anymore. And when that passion's not there, you're not going to want to get it stuck in like you used to. Yeah. You're just like, man. And then when you realize that you're not going to get stuck in like you're used to, you start asking yourself that question, well, then why? Yeah. And then you start, what am I missing? And then it's just, it's tough. <laughs> it's yeah. tough. Wow. No, I hear you. I always hear, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, I have no idea what that is like. But <laughs> No, I just can't. I can't even. I hear what you're saying and I just can't picture. Like if I didn't have coaching, I can't picture what that would. What that would be? Yeah, I think it'd just be the business world. And If it wasn't soccer, what would it have been? Uh, I've always thought about real estate. Mm, that's I, a good one to I get into I'd too. I enjoy that. Um, I think it'd have to be, and I think the reason I think about real estate, right, is because competitive, if you work hard, you can be more successful. Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe that's probably why, um, or some some form of business where you can try and be the very best you can be, I mm. guess. It's um, a different type of competitiveness. Yeah, huh? I think I'd have to find something like that. I don't think I could do a, I personally don't think I could do like a nine to five job where I'm, I'm at an office or I'm at a desk. I think it'd have to be something that allows me to get out and move mm. around or, or like you can work and work hard and, and grow and move up a ladder I think I think that's kind of what I would look for but nice. ho hopefully it don't ever comes to that nah you're hopefully you're, not <laughs> you're on the right track to not ever do that you're on the right track to not ever do that um well I think we've pretty much covered it today I have one question for you yeah how do you say your last name again Sowerby Sowerby yeah Sowerby yeah Sowerby it's because you don't pronounce the R so, yeah I don't pronounce the it. accent yeah. um but if someone was to ask who Mitch Sowerby is, what would you say? Who is Mitch Sowerby? Wow. 
I have no idea. You don't know? No. Like, who, 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 who do you look at when you look in the mirror? Well, that is a deep question, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. If I had to ask you, talking to your third person, describe yourself. Who is Mitch? Person. Hus- husband, father, soccer coach. Husband, father, soccer coach, leader. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a person that <laughs> likes to stay competitive. Yeah. You're very good at putting the carrot in front of you and just trying to get that carrot. Yeah. I always feel like there's something more and something more to accomplish and something more to do and just got to keep learning and growing, mm. I guess. I've never really thought about that, though, like who I actually am. Maybe I need to. Yeah, you're next, next right step. next to the philosophy. Right after yeah. you get down your philosophy, just come ooh. back. Come back in a year's time. I could be very yeah. different. I'll have yeah. it all wrote down. That question gets a lot of people. Like I like oh, I've, that's been a question I've been trying to ask right at the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. but I forget. Yeah, that's but right. like that's I think it's hard because I don't really like and, I, and most people are probably like this, but not only like talking about yourself or thinking about yourself in that regard. Um, I'd rather talk about others or the players on the team or the team itself and kind of putting them people first mm-hmm. um so i don't really ever look at myself in that way i've never really thought about that or mm. putting family first or whatever i'm doing at that moment making whoever i'm with feel important i think it's valuable um so i've never really looked at myself in a third person or mm-hmm. thought about that or thought okay well who are we what are we doing type thing mm. That's the role of the father. It's the role of a coach. It's the role of a leader. It's always putting others in front of you. Yeah. Nice. It's. I mean, it's good too. Not to think about it too much. Let's just run. Yeah. Let's just run. It's like I told Kit and uh, Garrett the saying that goes: "You built a plane and decided to fly, and you're just gonna fix it while it's flying." I suppose. Figure just, it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just we'll figure it out. It's fine. I think uh, life experiences are important, right? Like going going through life and doing things good and bad and learning from them. I think you're always gonna make mistakes. Um, just trying to learn from their mistakes and be better next time. And all you can do is next day you wake up, try and be better, try and do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep that mentality. Obviously, not every day is going to be better. Um, not every game is going to be better, but trying to get consistent with it and improve, I think there's, there's a lot to be said of that. You I compete think. a lot with yourself? Like, are you compete? Are you your own, your own competition? Yeah, I always want to try and be better. Um, than what I've done or as a coach be better than the previous year and try and improve and okay well how can I be better this year I think that's why you do coaching courses and why you do something because you want to better yourself um, I think that's important um, and I think it's hard to tell other people to do that if you're not trying to do that yourself um, but I think competing against yourself can help push you and keep you ticking along and hopefully keep moving you up wherever and doing what you want to do um, mm-hmm. so I think that that is important, like setting goals and stuff for yourself of where you want to be and what you want to be doing. Nice. I love that. Yeah. It's uh, kind of weird for me to see people that kind of don't do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to realize that everyone runs their own race. Yeah. And they run it a little bit differently. And just because they don't run it the way you do doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. on their own journey. And they are, aren't they? Yeah. Well, this has been great. Awesome. I appreciate it. I hope. What time is it? That's uh, before 11. Oh, we're good. Great. Yeah. There we go. Well, I guess this has been another episode of the Moss Football Podcast. Um, if you guys are listening, I appreciate you guys. Mitch, do you have anything else to say before we go? No, just appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Um, I look forward to listening to you guys and seeing who you got coming up. 
Nice, man. You know, Mike's always open for you if you ever want to come in, and we're always open to receiving suggestions as well. So awesome. And we have a merch store. I should always mention this at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> when everyone's listening, but we have a store. And what I'm doing now is, if you have a great picture of yourself, send it my way. I'll digitize it. I personally draw these pictures. Okay. And I'll put it on a shirt so that you can buy a shirt, or if anyone that you know you like or that follows you purchases a shirt. It's my way of at least trying to sell one shirt <laughs> a week, yeah. you know, but yeah, send it my way and we'll make it work, man. Awesome. But thank you. Thank you. This has been a great podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming in and hopefully you do it again sometime and have some more answers for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully during the season, something maybe. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Mass Food Podcast. Peace.